Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Pushkin. Welcome back, Car Show fans, for a very special season of the podcast people have called Listenable and a podcast about cars. We do love our fans here at Car Show, which is why this short five-episode run will be devoted to picking a car of the year, all geared toward helping you make a totally irrational purchase decision. Yep, just like the big-time car magazines and websites, we will take the measure of all the great vehicles we've driven in 2022 and come up with a winner no one's ever heard of. And just like the big-time sporting conferences, in each episode, these cars will be subdivided into brackets. Sports cars, sports sedans, electric vehicles, and SUVs, where they'll face off to pass through to the final round. The winning car of the year will be determined by the best science on the subject, which is basically me talking to a bunch of other car nerds to land on a favorite. And at the end of each episode, we'll take a drive in the winter. Oh my God. And the ride is really good. It sort of floats over the road. But listen to that. Holy smokes. My goodness. I'm your host, Eddie Alterman. Without further ado, here's the sports cars bracket with my friend and road and track contributor, Matt Farah. Matt also hosts the wildly popular Smoking Tire podcast. Matt Farah, thank you for being here. Matt Farah invented automotive podcasting i don't mind saying that's not true (laughs) (laughs) but i'll take it (laughs) or or popularized it or made it legit or whatever allowed us to do what we do here um so thank you my friend and thank you um, eddie i thought you'd be the perfect person to get on here 
to talk about sports cars and the most interesting sports cars we drove this year. You come by it honestly. <laughs> you have a Countach. <laughs> I do. So you know pain. Yeah. You've experienced pain <laughs> yeah. and, and joy. And uh, you have a Boxster Spider 718 uh, on its way. So you, so you know what's up. In our conversation, Matt and I throw out a bunch of fancy terms and acronyms. Let me take a moment to define them. The first is P-Cody. That's P-C-O-T-Y. This is an acronym for Rodent Tracks Performance Car of the Year Award, which recognizes the finest weapons-grade megacar every year. Naturally aspirated refers to an engine that breathes without the aid of a supercharger or turbocharger. Enthusiasts generally prefer naturally aspirated engines because they usually sound better, rev higher, and respond in a more linear fashion. The tenths system. Matt says one of the cars is still fun at five tenths. Enthusiasts use the tenths system to describe how hard they are driving and how much of the car's capabilities they're using. Five tenths means driving at about 50% of your or the car's limits. Some cars even go to 11. The acronym SEMA stands for Specialty Equipment Market Association. They do an annual car accessory show in Las Vegas, and it could only happen there. Imagine a million square feet of gigantic chrome wheels, sewer line exhaust pipes, and trippy custom cars, and you're still a few acid tabs shy of reality. Final Drive Ratio. This refers to the last gear set between the engine and the driven axle. This ratio represents how many times the transmission needs to turn the drive shaft in order to rotate the tires once. So a numerically higher final drive ratio means the final gear set is spinning faster and delivering more torque to the wheels, though not changing the ultimate torque rating of the engine itself. Did I just make that worse? Before we get into the cars themselves, I want to talk about very briefly what a sports car should do. Do you have any thoughts on the matter? You know, what I really think a sports car should do is feed the uh, emotions of driving. You know, real sports car driving is tapping into your body's perception of, of sensations. And those sensations can be in the form of how we feel G-forces, whether that's acceleration and, and braking or lateral G-forces that come with handling and grip, but also your sight, how, how the car not only looks uh, when it's parked, but how it looks from the driver's seat out over through the windshield and out over the hood, um, how it sounds, how uh, the engine sings, the intake noises, the mechanical noises, the exhaust noises, and then also how it, it tingles you, you know, the, the actual frequency that the engine and the gear train and, and whatever vibrates at and, and the way that certain cars send those vibrations through the seat and the wheel and, and your hands. And it's, it's a sort of a harmonious balance of those factors that lead to a great sports car. And it's very rare that a manufacturer gets all of them right. But 
to me, it's about providing a sensory experience that is overwhelmingly pleasant, enjoyable, and in some ways addictive. Yeah, yeah, I think you did a good Bill Nye style job of explaining that. And, and Thank a, you. <laughs> yes, and and a great sports car needs to engage all the senses and, and yes, trigger happy emotions and and good yes. vibes. And there's plenty of cars that can engage uh, one or two. I mean, particularly when it comes to G forces. I mean, there's plenty of cars out there that go stop and turn, you know, really well. And so we might say that on paper, objectively and and people like us for, who work for magazines are partially to blame for the focusing on the on-paper statistics because that's that's one way to, to show improvement in an objective way. But it's certainly not everything, and it's some of the reasons that, in my opinion, the best sports cars aren't always the fastest cars. That's right. You know, numbers are a great way of ordering the world, giving you a sense of sort of concrete stability in an idea, but it's not the same as feeling something. I don't personally spend my own hard-earned money, and I don't encourage other people to spend their hard-earned money on the car with the, the fastest numbers. If you think about how often that metric, it really is useful, it's very, very rare. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like boasting about uh, glove box volume. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's somewhat equally irrelevant. But I think a cool way of saying that is that there's no story without the data, mm. but the data is also meaningless without a story. Sure. And I think sports cars are kind of the, 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 the pointy end of the car business. It's where we see that dichotomy between numbers and feel most greatly. And so um, I think it's a good place to get into it. And yeah. I think the, the, the one we should start off with is sort of a controversial car. It's the new Chevrolet Corvette Z06. The all new Corvette Z06 is based on the eighth generation Corvette, AKA the C8. It starts at around $110,000 and its 5.5 liter V8 engine makes 670 horsepower. What's controversial about it, Eddie? I'm just wondering what your definition of controversial is. Seems pretty awesome to me. You know, we're pretty spoiled over at Road and Track, so I got to do probably 30, 35 laps around Monticello, and then I got a couple of hours of, of road time with it as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that thing's going to be a punk of junk. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe controversial is the wrong word, but um, I think that there are – some people who are upset that it doesn't have a manual transmission. Well, well, yeah. There are some people who look at the pricing and say, this thing can almost hit 160 grand. I think the one we drove at P. Cody was over 160 grand. I think it was like 166. Okay, so it's it's a ton, yeah, of, money, it was expensive. ton of money for a Corvette that's always been sort of like the budget supercar in a way and, and the world beater. Um, but sure, against all that, you have a vehicle in the C8 Corvette, both in the base car and in the Z06, that is just one level higher than any Corvette that's gone before it in terms of its ambition, in terms of its capabilities, in terms of its layout. Right. Like the C8 to me was such a brilliantly tuned vehicle because 
it was an everyday supercar. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a mid-engine car that sort of like a McLaren 720S. It was silky smooth, you know, in terms of its powertrain, great transmission, great, great suspension. You could drive it year round, put snow tires on it yeah. in a Michigan winter and you're fine. And when you get to the Z06, you're in another league entirely from past Z06s that were front engine. Um, this car is really, really worked over. I mean, from the suspension to the engine. Yeah, I mean, the Z06 proves that with enough allocated resources and dedicated smart people working on it, it is possible to reverse engineer a Ferrari 458 Special and bring it to market in about six years. I mean, I think that, that's pretty much what they've proved here with yeah. that engine, which has all the revs, but also doesn't give up on its torque. And in general, what I think Corvette is always meant to do is democratize what the high-end European stuff is doing for approximately a third of the price. And $160,000 is very expensive, and that's a pretty loaded-up Z06. You can get into one for about $125 that'll have some decent options on it. The one we drove at Peacody had the Z07 package with the carbon fiber wheels. And so um, ours was about as expensive as it gets. But you do the math, and and although many people out there might think of a, of a Ferrari FA Tributo or 296 as being a $300,000 car, the truth is it's a $400,000 car. And so the Z06 does get you that level of performance, and it approximates that amount of style. It doesn't it's not quite as elegant as the Ferrari, but it's mid-engine. It, it is good-looking, and it is usable. I mean, there, there's very little about the Z06 specifically that that takes away its everyday usability versus the base C8. On the road, I mean, they're doing something that the big Italians and, and the Europeans really aren't doing anymore, which is naturally aspirated, rev-happy, V8s, which is a phenomenal achievement. You know, I, we were with uh, a GM engineer at the track when we were doing our P. Cody thing, and and we heard this Z06 fly by with one of our editors driving it, and the guy from GM laughed, and he goes, can you believe Ferrari had this and went, you know what, let's move right. on. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, that sensory experience of the Z06 is extreme. It's not that low burbling V8 you might expect. It's that harsh bark of an exotic. And that's, to me, one of those elements that really separates it from a run-of-the-mill Corvette. Sure. This is a, an instance where going backward to a naturally aspirated, non-turbocharged, flat-plane crank V8 really pays off. And I think that their focus was, was uh, absolutely dead on, that they picked one of the best Ferraris of all time, that 458 Speciale, and really honed in on it. But they also, to your point, they made it much more livable, much more of a, of a Four Seasons supercar. And to, to sort of tie up the Z06 in a bow, because we want to move on to some other cars, this is a car that I think nails a lot of the sensory aspects. You know, it sounds incredible. Mm -hmm. The front end bite on this car is insane. Like the, yeah, the, the steering is, yeah. response is amazing. The thing just feels so stout. And, you know, you feel yeah. like you could drive it through a brick wall. Yeah. 
And the gearbox, you know, there are people who complain about the lack of a manual, and and I do understand. I like driving stick on my fun cars, and and I hear them. But the fact is, this car is so fast that you'd never be able to keep up with it with a stick. It's it grips so hard, and it and it does what it does so fast that you really need to have two hands on the wheel yeah. to to drive it quickly. And what what it does really well is despite its air quotes focus for for track and lap times, it is fun at five tenths. It is a lovely car at five tenths. And you don't have to get the crazy Z07 package to enjoy it on the road. You know, you put it in drive, just regular automatic mode, and and it is is very refined and very pleasant. And they've done a phenomenal job. The body panels, you know, you park it next to a Porsche and some of the panel gaps were a little you know, wonky, but it's such a good performance value. And and when you're driving it, um, it's clear where the resources have been allocated. And the fact like that you said that, that this is a car that you can drive at five tenths and really enjoy it. And you don't have to get to the limit with it that, you know, puttering around at 45 miles an hour or 60 miles an hour on just a, a winding road still incredibly fun, incredibly responsive. It's it's an unbelievable achievement, no question about it. Oh yeah, I mean if you if you think if you like the concept of it, you'll like the execution. I I don't know anybody who would be is into the concept but not the execution oh, yeah, totally. of this car. Totally. It's great. It's not going to disappoint anyone who's got an order in. Keep your order. No, it'll got one it'll in. blow your mind, no question. When we come back, more sports cars with Matt Farah. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So let's move on to uh, car number two, which um, is not quite at the level of the Z06 uh, Corvette, and that is the Nissan Z. The Nissan Z, just Z, not 280Z or 300ZX like back in the day, is a relatively straightforward rear-drive sports coupe. It has a 400-horsepower twin-turbo V6 and starts just north of $40,000. So the Z is an evolved version of the old 370Z, but this is not how... Which is an evolved version (laughs) of the 350Z. But can I just say that this is not how evolution is supposed to work. Uh, Evolution means that something is more adapted to its moment than before. And I don't feel like this Z is. I think it looks great, but it just feels coarse and rough and not fully realized, not fully, uh, you know, sort of executed. And uh, have you spent a bunch of time in the thing? Uh, decent. Uh, I went on the launch, I drove it on the track and I did, you know, 150, 200 road miles on it. Um, I then drove it again about a month later for, for a little bit. You know, I, I hear you on your criticisms of it. On the other hand, I think that we have a real problem, not just in this country, but globally, of having so many choices for the very rich. Mm-hmm. There have never been more choices. If you want a seven-figure car, you've got like 20 different options to choose from. But if you want a fifty or $60,000 great sports car, you have fewer options than ever before. And that is a real sad reality of not just our world for the consumers out there, but for someone who makes videos about sports cars. <laughs> it's and, really- and Matt, I hear that, but I don't think that this thing feels like it's worth fifty grand. Yeah, it may, it might not feel like a forty or fifty thousand dollar car, and that's totally a valid point because it is fairly basic. It has knobs. It has you know fairly. It doesn't have some fancy schmancy. I mean, it does have a touchscreen, but it's not like a great one. It's got the old seat adjuster on the inside of the the old school seat adjusters. Yeah, no, and, and I hear you. On the other hand, it's reasonably quick. There is going to be a fantastic aftermarket for it. The measuring session for SEMA was like so popular they had to extend it to a third day. So I imagine this year's SEMA show will be packed full of modified Zs. There are a lot of people who are looking for a relatively simple, tunable, um, daily drivable sports car option. And while Nissan has never made the most refined engines other than the, the Skyline, the R, R series uh, 32, 33, 34 Skyline, and that one of the best engines of all time. Yeah. But their V6s have never exactly been inspiring to me. But in a world where the 86 twins are nice cars, but but what does a Subaru mean versus a, a Toyota? And and the Supra and the Z4, they're both nice cars, but the Toyota one is such a BMW in every way that, that matters. But it's so it's, it's good. Embarrassing. But it's so good. It's like tuned better. Yeah, no, it is. It's it, it is, but and it's more expensive. It's it's you know, spec for spec, it's probably 
10, 12% more expensive than the Z. And so to go back to what I uh, started this conversation with, what I like about the, the new Z is that it is itself. If you're buying a Z, it's a Z. And it has some interesting throwback details that are blended with modern style in a way I like. It is usable every day as an only car. It's going to be tunable, and Nissan is friendly with the aftermarket like that. And it's got its own character. Now, whether or not you you like that character, well, that, that's up to you. Fine. But having met the people who build it, uh, at the launch and talked about their passions for keeping it its own thing. Um, I, I really like that they've done that. And I think, although it may not objectively lead to the best car possible, you know, if, if they sourced a BMW inline six, it might be a little <laughs> right. less rough and, and gruff. And there are some areas where the car can be a little unrefined. That's for sure. But for the amount of money you spend, it, it is fast it is tossable and small and doesn't look bloated and, and it doesn't have a bunch of crap piled into it. And you can turn the traction control off with just one button. From my perspective, it gets credit for being itself and existing more so than it gets credit on being better objectively than some of its competition. And, and I do agree with all that. And I love the way it looks. And I think it's a great sort of makes of, of retro and kind of future styles. Um, and it's more than yeah. just sort of applied styling cues, right? No, it doesn't It doesn't blow my mind. Oh, the platform goes back to 2003. It, it doesn't feel that old. They've done enough to it to, to make it feel like a, a mostly new product. Um, it does have that turbocharged engine, which uh, does have a pretty linear power band, and there will be options for the aftermarket and from Nismo themselves. Because I hope it sounds um, better with those aftermarket pieces, because it sounds like a Pathfinder. They right had now. one. They had one at the launch with a prototype Nismo exhaust on it, and it did sound pretty, pretty nice. I guess my issue with it is, you know, a sports car needs to be about sensitivity. You know, the car is sort of in conversation with you. Sure. And that car to me was not, you know, it felt a little cold. And then when you really pushed it hard, I felt like the thing fell apart. It does. Well, it, you know, that car is the same as like a Mustang GT. You know, if you really want it to be its best, you kind of have to finish it yourself. <laughs> You're going right. to have to tune it with a maybe a slightly different tire and wheel setup. You know, you're going to have to do a little bit because it's got to be everything to everybody. You know, it's got to be the kind of thing that a person who doesn't really care that much about cars but likes how it looks is going to drive it in the city and on bumpy roads and and doesn't want it to ride like crap and then and 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 you need that person just as much as the enthusiast to sell cars to. And same thing with Mustang GT. Uh, Mustang GT is a great package, but you wouldn't want to take one off the showroom floor and start doing track days with it. It would be a little sloppy, but it rides well on on bumpy roads. So if you really want to, you don't even want to take it to a Cars and Coffee. Do you? No, but if you want to, if you want to narrow the focus, the option is there for you to do that in the in the aftermarket, and and those are the choices that they've made. These are good points. I think you turned me around a little bit on the Z. So let's move on to a car that I feel is unexpectedly and fully resolved and just blew my mind when I drove it. 
and it was a Toyota Corolla, specifically the GR Corolla mm. in the um, Morizzo edition. The GR stands for Gazoo Racing, which encompasses Toyota's motorsports division and builds its hottest road cars, like the Supra. This special Corolla has a turbocharged 1.6-liter three-cylinder engine, pumping out 300 horses. It only comes with a stick and all-wheel drive, and the extra-special Morizzo edition climbs to north of 50K. Let's talk about what this thing is. The Toyota Corolla, you know, is a rolling tab of Ambien in, in base form, right? It is like the cure for insomnia, <laughs> the most boring car of all time. But you know what? Credit to them. It's not a bad car. The, no, the newest no. Corolla, I've rented them. Uh, I drove the press car, actually, the ba the regular car. It's got great seats. It's built really well. I mean, it's it's just if you said car, you know, it's it's a great car. It's not a Toyota does. They do the best research of anybody. OK, yeah, so yeah. they're going to get eights across the board in engine, seating, comfort, trunk space. But that results in a pretty bland car. You want some ups and downs. The GR Corolla, on the other hand, is all ups and downs. And it is yeah. just wildly exciting and explosive. Yeah, it's a wild it's a wild package. I drove it on the track before I drove it on the street. Um, so literally, I sat in it and straight out of pit road onto the track. And within two corners, <laughs> I went, oh, right. they're not messing around. It's really designed to assault your senses and you have to drive it hard to really appreciate it especially the marizo edition is so stupid i mean it's <laughs> it's stupid in the kind of way that people like us the real nerds you know appreciate you know oh let's take out the rear window regulators and the rear speakers and the rear wiper <laughs> to save you know three pounds like Bro, like, come on. <laughs> I know. That's and this is a car that gets better the more you hammer on it. Like, it, the engine right. only really wakes up above 3,000 RPM. And, like, so this is just such a weird little car, a, a turbo three-cylinder uh, that produces 300 horsepower. And it's it sounds like nothing else. And you can adjust yeah. the, uh, the front rear uh, traction bias through the car and it's pretty vivid you can tell the, the knob it does, does things it yeah. does work <laughs> yeah and i i got yeah. out of an rs3 audi and into this car it sounds mm -hmm. like oh my god this thing sounds so much better yeah it's so much more responsive the steering so much better than that really expensive audi and so that's why i put it on this list to me it's a sports car it's a car that is really driving a lot of those sensory inputs yeah you know Oh, for sure. Well, it's definitely a sports car. There's no question about that. I mean, this thing is this thing is liquid hot fizz. <laughs> um, on the track, it is really, really fun. I mean, to to just huck it and smash the throttle, you know, and do a nice big four wheel slide. Um, it's very controllable at and beyond, you know, the limit. So. I I haven't driven the the regular one, and I've been trying to get a hold of Toyota to drive the base variant because it's not just the weight reduction with the Marizo. It also has the Marizo has more torque. It also has different of different final drive, so shorter gear ratios. Which when you've got such a 
peaky engine, it does that totally. makes a big difference. And they're only making 200 of the Marizos. But other than hardcore collectors, I don't know anybody that really wants a $54,000 hatchback with no back seat. It's a little dumb, but it is incredibly engaging. Uh, the shifter, the pedals, the wheel, the seats. I mean, all of those inputs are as good as you'll find almost anywhere. It's clearly a focused product. It's clearly the most exciting car that Toyota has given us in quite some time. And they just get all the credit for that. Having said that, I drove it also on the street. And when the road is less than perfect, it was quite bouncy and it really beat me up a lot. Uh, and I was really hoping the suspension would act a little more like a rally car and a little less bouncy. Uh, maybe the, the regular one is different and a little more compliant on the street. And that's why I'd like to, to drive yeah. it because I felt the Marizo edition was so exceptional when the tarmac was very good, but really really brutal when the tarmac was bad and that's that's not what i want out of a hatchback even a very well uh focused one you know yeah i i hear that ride is so important no matter your age or body mass index i and mean look the best the best sports cars i've ever driven in my life ride great you know the mclaren 720 different various 911s and and caymans and boxsters and the co6 c8 corvette you know, even my Lamborghini Countach have have beautiful, uh, compliant rides. Lotuses, Lotus, the oh, Lotus yeah. Evora uh, GT. These cars are not harsh. They have beautiful rides. Agree. And so, if you've got a really stiff ride, sometimes you're trying to cover up some other poor handling trait, and sometimes you're doing this sort of motorsport theater thing where it's like regular folks that aren't as fine-tuned to their senses will do a, a test drive for 10 minutes and feel a stiff car and go, oh, it's stiff, it's sporty, you know? <laughs> There's a macho-ness to that kind of, yeah, to that, like, brutal sportiness. Right. And like, oh, yeah, it must be really, really right. fast and really, like, hardcore. But the GR Corolla, to me, is like, you know, they're making up for their past transgressions, their past Camry transgressions. Totally. It's a special, special little car. And to me, it's it's worth, it's a vivid experience. It's worth the money. And those are, those kinds of vivid experiences are like vanishingly rare nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my hope is, and I, again, I say this without driving the base one, but my hope is they will offer the final drive, the lightweight wheels and the extra torque on a variant that also has, you know, a back seat and a and a full radio <laughs> and more suspension compliance, exactly. Yeah, they, they took away the rear wiper, and and oh, by the way, I drove it in the rain for P. Cody. The rear window is like covered in road schmutz, and I'm just going, yeah, you know what I'd like right now in this hatchback is a rear right. wiper. <laughs> exactly, it it asks a lot of its driver. Yeah, it does. But it's a it's a it's a pretty badass little ride, and and Toyota gets points for for building it as well as they have. It shocked me. It shocked all of us. When we come back, Matt tells me about the one car in this bracket that he spent his own money to buy. I'm Eddie Alterman, and this is Car Show. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? 
When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Let's talk about a car that um, I think is near and dear to both of us and a car that does ride great, still feels special, and to me is sort of the acme of that thing you were talking about earlier, which is harmonious feedback, kind of maxed out, feel uh, a car that feels like it's just been sanded down and honed and honed and like worked and worked over until everything was absolutely perfect and the feel of the shifter matched the responsiveness and action of the clutch pedal and the body movements matched the steering perfectly and the transitional behavior you know was almost like a giant slalom skier this thing could change direction so expertly and just filled you with joy i'm talking about the porsche 718 now the porsche 718 also known as the boxster convertible and the cayman hardtop are not technically new but they're so good that i just had to put them on this list of best cars i've driven this year because they were I like mine with a 4-liter flat-six engine, which is available in Boxster Cayman GTS and higher trims. I do love these cars. Uh, I think they are the best cars that, that Porsche makes. Great balance, um, great inputs, great use of space. Uh, it's a very spacious car, but it doesn't take up very much space on the road. I liked it so much I bought one. Um, I, I own a Boxster Spider. But at the same time, with my I, my car is modified a little bit. <laughs> it's not exactly left alone. Um, but why did you decide to to go that extra step and modify the car? And tell me what you did to it. Well, just because a car 
is one of the best sports cars on the market, it doesn't necessarily mean it's perfect. I feel, and I've said it very consistently over the last five or six years, that although the the Cayman GT4 and Boxer Spider are the best cars that Porsche makes, they don't make them as good as they could. And they do it for a variety of reasons. One is to keep people buying GT3s. Say more about that. Well, I, I, I call it the Cayman complex, uh, which is where any manufacturer holds back on one model in order to maintain a hierarchy with a higher model. And it's just my theory. Porsche has never officially corroborated it. But I felt like if they started putting 911 engines, like the GT3 engine, into the Caymans and Boxsters, that they would significantly cut into the 911 sales um, because they're the, the, the power and the, and the performance. But here's the thing that I, I sort of take issue with in that, in that kind of scenario, is that the 911 person doesn't want to be in a Cayman. The Cayman person, I think, is a truer sports car enthusiast than your average 911 person. I think the 911 is more about show now. Uh, it's gotten so big. It's really a 928 with the engine in the back. And I don't think it's quite as, I don't think it's the driver's car that uh, the Cayman is. Oh, and I think that the, a, a, a lot of the, the sort of hardcore Porsche folks who, who love the lighter weight 911s, um, find themselves in these mid-engine Cayman Boxsters because uh, it's not for them about display. It's about what is the most satisfying, most uh, feedback-heavy sports car mm -hmm. I can get. And it ain't the 911 now. I, I agree with you. I mean, look, I've driven, uh, with the exception of the new RS, I've driven every other 911 that's on the market right now, and I have a lot of miles in them. And I could have bought one of those. I mean, I, I could have, but I but I bought the Boxster Spider because I think that's the best car Porsche makes. I think it's the right size for the roads. You know, our roads haven't gotten bigger. The cars have gotten bigger. The roads are the same size. And I think it has the best balance on the street. I think it has a, a great shifter. I think it has gr good room inside and good practicality and, and is a great, great sensory experience probably the best sensory experience that, that you can buy right now, period. I live in California. I love driving with the top down. I love experiencing that the outdoors around me while, while driving. I think that's the best car they make. Why did I modify mine? Because I can make it better. Uh, every time I've driven a Cayman GT4 or a Boxster Spider, I've said the same two things. The chassis is perfect. The inputs are perfect. The brakes are perfect. The steering is perfect. The size, shape, weight are perfect. But it could be even better if it had a, a bit shorter gear ratios. It's interesting that the car comes mm -hmm. from the factory with more chassis than engine. And that leads me back to what I call the Cayman complex. Yeah. You know, Porsche can, and they now do. But they could build faster versions of the Cayman and the Boxster. They would still be drivable and usable as streetcars. So let's let let's stack them up here. 
I think of the four most interesting sports cars I drove this year, we drove this year, I think the Z is the least interesting. It gets points for being an affordable sports car with a great aftermarket and a great uh, a platform to to finish yourself and make a weekend canyon car track toy daily usable at a reasonable price, but it's in very tough company here. Very, very good effort, but fell short. Yes. I think my third pick, I hope you agree, is the GR Corolla. Mm-hmm. Um for many of the, the same reasons, um, mm-hmm. the relative affordability of it, the kind of piquant nature of the driving experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just how how real and how alive that thing is and how much yeah. fun it is. Yeah. Just like the sounds, the smells, the looks, just awesome. Yeah. And then, so, you know, drum roll, I think the runner up in this bracket is Z06. Would you agree or would you not? Interesting. Uh, no, I, you know, actually, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, I would put the Z06 on top and the GT4 Boxster Spider under, underneath it, um, mainly because if the Boxster Spider and the GT4 came out this year as new product, maybe it's just because I'm used to them. Maybe it's because I don't see the, the the Boxer Spider and GT4 as being brand new, revolutionary, game-changing product right now. Yeah, I mean, up. I'm just basing on stuff I drove this year that oh, I liked. Oh, okay, sure. So totally um, unscientific. <laughs> well, we had, you know, we had the the GT4 RS at P. Cody. And and for me personally, it was a tough, a tough toss-up between the Z06 and the 4 RS. Um, especially on the track. And those are the same price, really. Uh, the, R, the 4RS was a little more expensive as as equipped. There, um, our, I think the one we had was 190 And they can get as high oh, as wow. like 240 I think, to go back to the point, I think the Z06 is such an engineering achievement that has so few flaws, downsides, sacrifices, compromises. I don't think there's anything on the Z06 that they didn't make as good as they possibly could. They've done a really good job with the interior. I still am not sold on the square steering wheel, but the fit and finish of the interior, the metal, the leather, the seats, I thought was was exceptionally well put together on, on our test car. Yeah. Okay, so what we're talking about is a difference in, you know, hundreds or thousands you know, at the sort of ragged edge of performance. And yes, yeah, I can see like the Z06 is a much greater achievement without question, much more important sure. car. You know, they they created something that's probably better than a Ferrari. It's more fun than the last two generations of Ferrari's mid-engined yeah. product. And it's got a better interior. Yes. It doesn't have all the cheap shit that you get out of it. It actually does. The current Ferraris are not the, I mean, uh, the joke. 812 is pretty good. The Roma is pretty good, but the F8 was not not great. And, no. and so if you look at the sort of arc of Corvettes going from these sort of, you know, the Blue Flame 6 in the 50s and these lightly engineered, you know, sort of C3s and always sort of in the shadow of European performance. Now with the mm-hmm. mid-engine a uh, car like the Z06, it is fully at the level 
of a Ferrari, a Lamborghini. There's no, there's no excuses to be made, no apologies. It is absolutely there for a third of the price. And holy yeah. shit, like, yeah, okay. Okay. In in a lot of the ways, it absolutely is. I mean, the only thing that still lacks is like body panel fit and finish. I mean, that's really the one thing that it's a fiberglass. Yeah, car. I mean, it's the one thing they've never really managed to quite get all the way there with, and 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 that's the difference. You know, it's like here I am on a show with you saying that the most exciting car I drove this sports car I drove this year was the Z06. And meanwhile, the one I spent six figures on to take home and keep for the next 20 years, you know, is the Porsche. And and part of that is because in my own life versus in the service to our viewers and our readers, I want to drive stick. I want to take the top down. I want that precise level of quality and attention to detail at every level. Yeah, so it, it is an astonishing achievement. And I think what it comes down to in your choice of the Boxster Spider versus a Z06, which are, to most people's thinking, different levels of cars in a way, um, I think it comes down to, do you like Porsches? Are you a Porsche guy or are you a Corvette guy? Because, hey man, these are avatars for who we are. They reflect who, who what we want to say to the world. And if you don't want to say, you're a Z06 wide-body Corvette person, uh, and you want to say, hey, you know what? I have a much more measured approach <laughs> to automotive performance, and the stuff uh, that you can't see is sort of what's important to me on the inside, then you're, then you're a boxer person. I happen to align with that way of thinking, and that's why I had 718 as my top pick. But considering everything you're saying, considering the breakthroughs that they've made in every area, in Corvette and going from a Corvette that was, you know, really impressive, like a Z06 that was really impressive for a front engine car to a no excuses, oh my God, absolutely at at par or over and above the the uh, Italian exotics. Yeah, okay, let's give it to the Z06. Yeah. Beautiful car. It's phenomenally done. And it's not like you're going to go wrong with either. And I'm, by the way, the car I've kept the longest in my whole life, I had a C5 Corvette that I bought new in 1998 and I sold it in 2016 and I had it for 18 years. And I and I was a Corvette guy and, and I became a Porsche guy. And, and the Z06 is the kind of car that might one day bring me back to being a Corvette guy. And I think they're going to get a lot of what they call conquest sales, where there's people that don't necessarily see themselves as Corvette people, but this is a different product and it might, it might bring some of those folks back. And so, um, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. Great job, GM. Having crowned a winner of round one, I'm off to take a drive in the 2023 Corvette Z06. All right. I'm starting up the Corvette Z06. Sufficiently loud. That's from the driver's seat. But let me close the door here. Much quieter. 
but uh, when it idles down and warms up a little bit, I will uh, goose the throttle. Let you hear that. Mean. So when you sit in this thing, you're sort of packed into the front of the car, you know, with your feet um, pretty close to the the front wheels, the engine and transmission behind you. Um, it's got these big strakes down the side, big openings uh, in the side to give air to the engine. And uh, it's pretty badass looking. Uh, this one's brown, which I kind of like. It's sort of stealthy. It's also a convertible version. In front of me is a squarish sort of steering wheel. Uh, it says Z06 and a number plate on the bottom of the wheel in the 6 o'clock position. All right, tons of engine presence in this thing from the get-go. It's just very, very aggressive sounding. The base Corvette is a lot mellower, and it's much more sort of everyday um, supercar. This thing feels and sounds a lot more exotic. Um, the steering is really responsive. Uh, it's not jittery, but it's responsive. You know, it's interesting that this car has 670 horsepower. That's the exact number that the NASCAR racing stockers make. And uh, I think that's intentional. Uh, this 5.5 liter V8 makes that number um, as a sort of nod to its competition aspirations. Ultimately, this is a car for the track. As good as it is on the street, with its flat cornering and its insane grip and the power everywhere, this is a car that you can only really appreciate its full capabilities on a racetrack. It's just, it's staggering that it can be so civilized uh, and do the things that it can do uh, on a road circuit. It just loves to run. It's amazing. Oh, my God. And the ride is really good. It sort of floats over the road. But listen to that. Holy smokes. My goodness. And the shifting is very smooth. I mean, you could drive this thing every day. It's, uh, it's not too darty. It's not going for, uh, you know, the crown in the road. It's not, um, it's not busy under your hands or under your feet. It's just, you know, you feel like you're using maybe one twentieth of its capability, even when you're exceeding the speed limit by a gross amount. But man, it's good. Yeah, I could drive this thing every day. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Just loves to step out. Yeah. It always wants to step out sideways. The traction control uh, and feathering of the throttle help keep it in line. But listen to that. It's just so wild. So untamed.
entire show is written and hosted by me, Eddie Alterman. It's produced by Emily Rostek and Jacob Smith. Our editor is Karen Shakurji. Original music and mastering by Ben Tolliday. Our executive producer is Mia Lobel. Our show art was designed by Sean Carney and airbrushed by Greg Lefevre. Our patron saints, as always, are Lital Malad and Justine Lang. Car Show is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin Industries, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted listening for just $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.